When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ayo, hey welcome into the CHGO White Sox Post Game Show, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio 8 of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Um, alongside me is the full CHGO White Sox crew. Running out of breath. Got Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. This is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You, I can't say hello like that. Hello. Oh, come on. Give me a little bit. Hello. Back. There you go. Didn't Greg's going to be like, oh, you didn't do the air check like that. Who cares? Greg's on his first day. And when he's going to learn, he's got to be adaptive as a producer. What, you want every host was perfect and, and on beat with you? I would yell at him if they weren't. Yeah, okay. Hey, yeah. look at you. Uh, that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We are coming to you live after a White Sox winner 3-2 in the boogie down Bronx, as Herb says. Uh, White Sox win. They improve to 27-35. and 35. Hey. So you're saying there's a chance, folks. Four and a half games out of first place in the AL Central. That yeah. is uh, the the up-to-the-minute standings. Twins and Tigers both losing. So, uh, guys, they have to be back, and we're winning the World Series. And all my plans about uh, September being 30 different starting pitchers, I guess that's out of the window. Oh, well. Sean's just going to have to wait for a repeat <laughs> of 2017. Well, there. Remember, we were they talking got, yesterday. I'm not, I'm not asking for it. I was like, they're probably not going to go 0-18 in these next 18 games. They're not. No, they're not. Look at me stepping on that ledge they yesterday. One and zero in their last one, and they're four and zero in their last four. Look Let's at these go. guys. June has been great. It's been awesome for them, and you know it's been great because of starting pitchers. And this starting pitcher today was no exception. Lucas Giolito, man, I did not expect this. I don't know if you guys expected this, but this man has been much better than I expected in 2023. And today in New York, I don't care if they didn't have Aaron Judge. That's still a formidable lineup, and he made them for the most part, looks silly. I know there's the big news is, obviously, Lucas Giolito, Liam Hendricks getting the save, Sebi Zabala going deep twice, but it might be a Yankee headline that might start this entire podcast because tomorrow the pitcher's still TBD, and Aaron Boone, just now, per Max Goodman, um, who I assume is a beat writer, Aaron Judge will go on the injured list with a contusion and sprain of a ligament in his toe. Mm. So that means Aaron Judge won't be playing in these... Three games. Didn't play tonight. And Nor, that lineup didn't do too well. Also, him. aren't they playing the Yankees again? Soon. Soon? 
Oh, I don't know. Maybe Sorry, I'm, I'm very I don't think they play this think, month anymore. Uh, no, okay. It's coming. I mean, next it's, 18, it's, 18 games it's are against. relatively soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, but I think it's post-All-Star break even. Yeah, I think you might be right there. Yeah, the 7th, 8th, and 9th. Sorry to send everyone scrambling for the schedule. I yeah. just but, but then at that point, I mean, Stanton might be out. I mean, as we saw, I mean, they had the splits on the, the broadcast when they're both in the lineup, when one's in the lineup, and when none are in the lineup. And it's all good. Well, the Yankees it are pretty matter. good. Yeah. <laughs> the AL East is pretty good. Um, but, but, I mean, but it's really good when the White Sox have their core five, even if uh, Yasmani doesn't play. They're, they win games when these guys are healthy. Put those in quotes. Yeah, absolutely. Three to two tonight. Um, Lucas is obviously the main thing. Um, this lineup without Judge, not as formidable. You shared the stat pregame just about how ridiculous Aaron Judge is, closing in on a 200 uh, weighted runs created plus. Um, just an insane player. But Lucas Giolito, extremely effective over six innings. I guess the easiest place to start is. Why did it end? Is it just because that 100 pitch mark? We saw Pedro talking to Lucas, and uh, I don't I don't want to say Lucas was uh, crying, but emotional, pent up. I mean, like he, he seemed, seemed to be deep breathing. Like well, he had just finished the inning. He right. was probably, you know, it just worked out. Tired from having been doing physical activity, but yeah. But we know how intense he is. Like, I, right. I wouldn't put it past him to be like, no, like, I, like getting worked up trying I, to fight for himself. I guarantee you. Lucas is about to tell uh, the Sox writers who are out there in New York that he wanted to go nine if it yeah. me- meant he had to throw 200 pitches. I didn't mean um, it in a bad way that he's getting emotional. Like, I think it's great that, you know, somebody is that passionate. I mean, that's what Pedro wants in Lucas, that guy that, you know, is not afraid of anything. Like, who cares that his pitch counts at 100? They're afraid to face him. Like, he's got that stare. He's got that, that mojo going. I mean, I think he kind of, you know, if he has it, why not use it? Well, and here's the thing, too. So many uh, folks, obvious for obvious reasons, this is what they should do, are always like, leave him in, let him throw the no-hitter mm-hmm. kind of thing. Okay, sure. And then we've got a lot of folks in the chat right now bringing up the whole trade deadline idea of Lucas Giolito maybe being moved. But here's what Pedro Grafol's thinking. I'm not going to let him go past too far past 100 pitches because I want him to be good because I think he's going to be pitching for us the rest of the year. I think Pedro Grafol is going – I think that – Uh, the White Sox are going to dig themselves out of this hole that are going to be a first-place team, that are going to be a playoff team, and I want Lucas Giolito throwing every fifth day at maximum capacity because, boy, look what he just did to the New York Yankees, a team that could very well be uh, in the playoff hunt when everything uh, comes down to the wire here. So, listen, Pedro Grafola is thinking, uh, you know, for a guy who's totally thinking about one game at a time all the time, Mm -hmm. he's thinking in the the long term in that decision where he's saying – Let's not risk Lucas Giolito because five days from now, he could go do that again. And five days after that, he could go do that again. And wouldn't that help the White Sox vault back into the uh, realm of top of the AL Central uh, <laughs> if, if Lucas Giolito could help power them to, to a, a bit of a run here? I think it's multiple things with uh, Pedro Gafal's thinking when Vinny covered most of them right there, where you're thinking about Lucas has to pitch the next start and multiple starts after that. But also, he gave you six. He's at 100 pitches. You know, everybody in everybody's heart of hearts knows that Lucas Giolito is not going to finish that game no matter what. Three innings. He's got yeah. three innings left so, to cover, yeah. You know, at minimum, if he goes very efficient, that's 130 pitches. That's not happening. Edwin Jackson territory. Exactly. Oh, and, he was, and he wasn't even on that pace. Exactly. He was on pace to use 150. Exactly. <laughs> and so he's like, if he's not going to finish the game, why would I start him in the seventh inning? And I know he might not finish the seventh inning. So let's give my bullpen 
who's been dominating and pretty great since Joe Kelly's come back. Now we have our bullpen set up the way we need to. Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman, Liam Hendricks. Let's give them seven, eight, nine. And that will be a way that we can get our regular rota- uh, bullpen right. And I trust them. So I think it was a correct move. Yes, in the moment, I'm like, ah, I want them to pitch a little bit more because he's pitching so effectively. But also, I know that they have a good bullpen. And yes, they gave up two runs. One of them, very questionable. But I have no problem with Pedro, dude. I actually applaud him. It takes a big-time manager to make that type of move and take a ball from a guy who wants the ball at 100 pitches. And it's like some arbitrary number. But also, he knows that you're not going to go the full game. So why would I risk you going into the seventh inning, maybe get hit hard, third, fourth time around seeing you in this lineup when I have a lockdown bullpen that can shut them down? We're trying to get the victory and also trying to preserve you. So I have no problem with what uh, Pedro did. It was a perfectly uh, executed play. Yeah, and, I mean, again, they won the game. Mm-hmm. Can't really be mad when this team that's under 500 wins a game. On uh, the road. Well, and versus a tough team. Two, he's consistent. Um, just to bring a little bit more context on Lucas's season, he has gone over 100 pitches, and it doesn't seem like too many people were up in arms that he pulled Lucas Giolito. I mean, no, it's just before. It, we've, we've seen this before because this is now the – the multiple um, we saw this first pitcher in White Sox history with multiple six plus innings and zero hits allowed. So we've seen Pedro pull him from this situation before. When we talk about obviously the history of baseball, but even the history of me watching baseball, which is you know just a little about you know a quarter of a century, let's call it. This is still a relatively new development where it's kind of commonplace to pull a guy who has a no hitter going. Like you brought up Edwin Jackson. And the, 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 the ridiculous number of pitches he threw, the ridiculous number of guys that he walked in that game. But guess what? That was, that's how you did it. Until a guy gets up a hit, you don't take him out of the game. Yep. Things have changed, and this happens frequently. You're about to bring up the number of times that Pedro Grafol has done it this year, which I believe is at least three, if not more, twice with Lucas and once with Kopech, I think. Kopech, yes. Kopech had. Oh, I was actually going to just bring up that, you know, Lucas is most starts or most pitches in a start is 108 and he pitched six innings. So I was just saying like once he's reached six innings and reaches that hundred mark plateau, he gets pulled out like that. So I'm just saying it it follows Pedro's consistency. Like this isn't him following astray from the plan. Like I I think it's, I'm not, I'm not opposed to him pulling uh, Lucas in in this moment. I guess what I was going to say is you, you say, you know, you, you bring up, you didn't see many people upset about it. I think the modern baseball watcher is now used to that. Mm -hmm. Folks who have been doing it for a little longer, like Herb and myself, maybe are like, oh, it's still notable that a guy who had a no-hitter going gets taken out. But I think younger folks are just like, well, that's what happens when you hit 100, 100 pitches kind of thing. That's yeah. what happened with Ross Stripling in his early in his rookie year, I believe, with uh, Doc Roberts taking him out of the game. And his parents, uh, Ross Stripling's parents, thanked uh, Doc Roberts because that was the right move to do, to take him out before he got to a certain number of pitches. He had no hitter going, and uh, Dave Roberts took him out because he's like, I'm going to protect you for the rest of your career. And Ross Stripling's went on to a decent career since then. It's funny that you bring up, like, in, in your history, and, like, you know, we think baseball history, like, oh, no hitters, and, like, there's probably a ton from, like, the 1920s uh, of pitchers throwing no hitters and going over 130 pitches. Uh, here are the – there's only 13. Here are the no hitters, I think. Um, they're all shutout wins, so I'm pretty sure this research is correct. But here are the pitchers that went over 130, and the two guys that went to 129, 2001 and 2015. 
Edwin Jackson in 2010, Lincecum in 2013, Randy Johnson in 1990, Sandy Koufax in 1962, Mike Fires in 2015, Dwight Gooden in 1996, Johan Santana in 2012, Bud Smith in 2001, Mike Fires again in 2019. Mike Fires just thrown multiple no-hitters? Yes. Wow. Uh, and Luis Robert hit a home run 100, uh, 480 feet off of him. Boy, did he. Um, Kent Merker, uh, 1994. Tommy Green, 1991. Those two, could, same as Mike Fires. Kent Merker, the same guy <laughs> who the used to brave? pitch for the Cubs? The Brave Cub? The Brave. He was a Brave. A wow. Brave that day. Throw no-hitter. The... Wait, but, uh, oh, John yeah. Lester, 2008, and Nolan Ryan, 1990. My so a lot point, of recent ones. Right. You were alive for all Men, but most or many all of those. but twelve, right. or all but one. The Sandy Koufax one in 1962. Same for you guys. Yeah, but remember that first no hitter in Mets history, Johan Santana. After that, wasn't the same guy. Like he pitched those many pitches, and if you ask the Mets fan, he wasn't the same guy after that. He was on to a Hall of Fame trajectory and fell off after that. So. You know, pitching that many pitches no. can be... Santana did that in his last year. Who? Sant- so Santana... He threw a no-hitter, not in his last year. Yeah, then Santana, uh, from 20, 2000 to 2010, uh, had an ERA of 3.10, but then missed the 2011 season completely. He so he's hurt. coming off an injury already. Yeah. So, I, I mean, no, he, it might have been the first injury. He got hurt. No, he got hurt after that. He didn't no, pitch well. No, because the no-hitter came in 2012. That's what I'm saying. So, but I'm he, saying he, he missed the he missed the previous se- season. Yeah, but he didn't pitch as well after that. I I hear you, but I'm well. What came first, the chicken or the egg? I'm just saying, like he he missed the the season prior. We got so Adam Hogue watching us too. Hi, Adam. Got all the CHGO bears here. Seriously, um, Adam says it's uh, it's it's, fo- it's baseball season, baby. Well, <laughs> I, Cub, I, to be fair to Brax, he's wearing a Cubs hat and said he wasn't going to try to fight us during this. I mean, show. That's a baseball team. That's true. Um, but, uh, yeah, shout out, to, shout out to Adam Hoke. My point is just, I don't know. I mean, like, he missed the 2011 season. We don't need to talk about Johan Santana. Um, I'm going to argue about Johan Santana and his, his, why his, his uh, career fell off. Uh, Giolito, though. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, first off, Sebi Zavala called a great game. I he mean, did? you said if he, he was giving up runs, it was a bad game. So, not only did he provide the pop, but uh, apparently called a great game. But, uh, again, he did he everything. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, <laughs> I think the, the one thing we mentioned pregame is if he – pitches a large game and lives up to the large game Lucas Giolito moniker that you gave him. Um, we're going to register trademark. All the, all the talking heads saying, oh, Lucas Giolito, very interesting trade piece. Um, I think John earlier mentioned, you know, Lucas is not long for this team, and that's what all the reports are saying so far. I mean, maybe if he pitches this well, and Adam's saying that the White Sox aren't going to be selling, Lucas Giolito can't leave this team, right? No. I mean, he's their best pitcher right now. No, there's no – I don't think there's a way that you trade Lucas Giolito unless you're getting something that you're not expecting. You're getting some major league-ready talent. That's a starting pitcher coming back in the trade. Otherwise, you're – I don't know what you're doing. Like, yes, it's his last year, but also he is your best pitcher, and you are still in the hunt for the AL Central. Also, they might be in first place in, like, three weeks. Three weeks. They Two also, weeks. Yeah, they also like, might the still are, be in fourth place. Twins, That's also true. The Twins are playing the Rays this week, so yep. you know they might be in first place by the end of the week if they <laughs> you know do some work versus the Boogie Down Bronx uh, Yankees. But I say that you can't trade them. I say under very slim set, uh, circumstances that you trade Lucas Giolito. Like if they're just way out of the, the playoffs, which I don't think anybody can see that happening in a month and a half to the trade deadline. So I'm thinking that the White Sox are going to keep him no matter what unless they're way out of it. And are we thinking that they're going to be way out of it? I mean, they could be. They could be. 
very possibly. <laughs> but that would probably be him being bad in that in those uh, games too. I and, mean, and so then he only pitches once every five games. Yeah. But yes, I think the point is that numerous things could happen, and I think you could see either side of the spectrum happening here. The White Sox could be good, and Lucas could be very much a part of that. And the White Sox could be bad, and then which case you're you're talking uh, about him as perhaps the biggest trade candidate on this team, or they could be right in the middle, and we could still be talking about Same who thing. the hell knows what's going to happen in in a month from now. Yeah, I, we we don't know what's going to happen in a month from now, and that's I guess why it keeps coming back to Lucas's trade value and will he won't he I mean I guess like two off days ago that was our main focus on if the White Sox would look to trade Lucas and him pitching this well honestly doesn't give me any clarity because it when he pitches well the White Sox win which puts them more in contention in the AL Central so it doesn't make sense when Bob Nightingale and Ken Rosenthal are like oh no matter where the White Sox are they're trading Lucas Giolito so I mean, is that the white flag trade? If the White Sox are, you know, in first place and they're tra- trading Lucas Giolito at the deadline? That's worse than the white flag trade because you're literally but, in I mean, the first place. I mean, maybe that's the new white, fl- yeah, it, white they, flag 2.0. White Sox fans will burn it down. Not literally, figuratively be like, no. Don't give anybody what, what any the, ideas, Herb. Yeah. <laughs> like, is, that, is that what puts them in a spot to not, to like change course, it, it, quote unquote, like from what the national reporters are saying? Because, I mean, obviously Rick, on a saying to you they're, that that they're well, not they're not going to be selling, but you know maybe maybe they change course if they're in first place and they start making the qualifying right. offer instead of trying to trade them for whatever at the deadline. Right. I mean, what was my reaction when when we saw that report from Bob Nightingale that was they have determined that they're not going to they have no intention to bring him back next year. And what I said was, how in the world could they have made that determination in the first month of a season that they don't know how it's going to end? Yeah. I mean, there's so much left to to go here. What if Lucas Giolito leads them to the playoffs? You know what I mean? You don't think you'd want to keep him around? Yes. So, I mean, and, and I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it's a possibility of something that certainly it was in April of something that could happen, But right? if it does, that makes it more possible that if you give him the qualifying offer, it's actually going to be worth it because yeah. a team would give him that the offer that's more than $20 million and then you'd get that compensatory pick. Like, I mean, they're... There is, I mean, there is a benefit to him doing well. Like, I mean, either way. He's going to be a free agent. Of course there's a right. benefit to him doing well. I mean, the, the better <laughs> he does, though, the, the probably the more he goes out of the White Sox price range now. Hey, I mean, he he should, should, well, he that's should, not on, that's that's not on him. him. That's a great thing <laughs> yeah. for everybody. No, I'm not saying it's that's not a great him. thing for the everybody. That's great for the White Sox, too. If he pitches this well, I think you want him. This is like we were talking on the pregame about other teams looking at this game and saying, when he shut down the Yankees, we want him on our team. Imagine if the White Sox get to the playoffs. Hey, remember in June when he shut down the Yankees? We want him on our team. We want to keep him on our team because we might face those Yankees, those Rays, those, those Rangers, the teams that are trying to look for starting pitchers. We want that starting pitcher on our side instead of on another team. And like you said, the the compensation you get from uh, tagging him is, I think, going to be better than what you're going to get in the trade deadline. And it will make White Sox fans much more happy because we're competing. They're competing right now. So I don't know why the, the whispers of – I know Bob Nightingale has an ear of somebody up in the White Sox clubhouse, uh, Kenny or Rick or, I mean, or uh, Jerry, but it makes zero sense that they're – you know, talking about they'll look at look to trade him no matter what. 
That, that seems weird. It just seems odd. Like, as Vinny said, and it's the two months into the season, you don't know where they're going to be. They're four and a half games out now, currently, and why would we even entertain trading our best pitcher? By far our best pitcher, by the way. This Not is, even close. This is the closest they've been to first place since early April, I believe. Like, since the first couple weeks of April, I mean, this is as close as they've been. This what, is four and a half? Back? Yeah. I don't even know if they're, they're not even playing good baseball either. They're just pitching very well. Well, that's part of baseball. That I mean, that's a part of baseball. <laughs> they are. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Is like, again, they have this win against a team that is above 500 in the best division, leading off the, the series. Obviously, the White Sox, we thought, had the pitching advantage coming in, and that obviously was clear. Um, but, again, it's like they didn't play a perfectly clean game. We'll get into how the no-hitter ended. Oof. We talked wow. about the shockingness of Sebi Zavala's stats going into the game. So when Kevin Kaduk texts me, I should have bet on Sebi Zavala to hit two home runs, I was like, you would have been a fucking madman to bet on the White Sox money line, let alone Sebi to hit two home runs or a home run. So, uh, I mean, this is definitely a shocking way to win, I think, to go well, into New York, have six innings of shutout ball, and have – Two home runs from your backup catcher who had an OPS of 16 plus. Like, I, I will, I will, I will, not repeatable. I will, well, I will bring up two things. Number one, it would be my opinion, which exactly, you're right. How can a team that, uh, that has the offensive night that they did where you take up the two home runs from the backup catcher and they didn't do anything, yep. uh, how can, how can that be looked upon as good? But it's the same thing that happened on Sunday. It's the exact same thing that happened on Sunday. Yep. For eight innings, they didn't do anything. Yep. They, were, they, they, they looked bad. They were striking out all the time. And then they decided at the last minute they were going to take some pitches. They walked. They loaded the bases. Jake Berger hits a home run. Game over. They win in thrilling fashion, right? Pedro Grafal has been saying, because what did they do on Saturday? They won a game in which all three runs were scored on wild pitches. That <laughs> This is not the way, you know, Pedro Grafal has basically said, this is not the way you would draw it up or no. you would want to draw it up. But there's that whole element of winning by different, in different ways, figuring out how to win a ball game, winning by any means necessary. This is, these are buzzwords and coach speak, player speak, when, but they, they believe in it. And they think that when you can go and have a good a win, a great uplifting win on a night like this, or a day like Sunday, or a day like Saturday, well then, oh boy, once the actual runs start coming in, now you've managed to, to win, and now you've got every tool in the toolbox kind of situation. I don't know if that's actually how it is. This might just be three really weird games in a row, but they won, and that's what they need to be doing right now. Absolutely. Right. Not trying to complain, but again, it just goes back to what I said yesterday about Pedro and the glass not breaking for him yet, like... They're still still waiting for them to get hot, you know. I mean, I guess maybe Sebi's hot, which is great. And Luis Robert uh, had some nice swings today, two hits, and then almost uh, knocked one out. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's all bad here. Um, let's look uh, look at uh, our super chats. Then we'll take a break, and then we'll get into how uh, the uh, the no hitter ended, and uh, we'll talk about Sebi's powerful day. Uh, Husky Bardo uh, mentally preparing for this team to trade Colson. Um, you you've brought up though that Colson's still injured, right? He's he has at, not played at all this year. Right, I don't he's believe, uh, yeah. dealing with an oblique. I mean injury. that that doesn't stop them from trading people. Remember they traded Nick Madrigal when he was out for the rest of the year. Yeah, but he had True. he had played he was in, in the big leagues leader, that year, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, and the year before. Yeah. And and I have no I have no problem if they trade in Colson Montgomery if it's a a good value. It's helping this team this year. 
can only win the division this year. The future is the future. You'll you can go and get better players or co- comparable players to Colson Montgomery. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, wow. You broke Sean by suggesting that you're okay with them trading uh, Colson Montgomery. I'm so sorry. Uh, Vinny actually broke me, and I, I, I feel nervous. I broke you. Why did he I, I, break I, you? I feel nervous because I only have 10 seconds uh, of uh, of unprompted time. I, 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 I'll i go to the Super Chat. What happened? What, what, did, what did, how I did do? Vinny bro- break you? Did he? Has he played? Well, no, you broke me because yeah. you brought up Nick Madrigal. Oh, oh, oh sorry. I'm sorry, folks. I see up that you, name. Steven. I, 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 I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you because you, you had a take earlier, and... Uh, Oh, yeah. Mm. Sebi went deep first. Uh, all right, uh, Dave Barista. Uh, most ironic thing, I ran into Giolito on the third floor of the Modern Wing at <laughs> AIC last Thursday. What's AIC? Art Institute of Chicago. Thank you. Um, fancy barista. And there, barista. I just never know that. I'd never seen that abbreviated. Uh, had to share the story of his no-hitter when I let my kids stay up late and have ice cream. Good vibes. Absolutely. What's on the third floor of the AIC? I've never been, so I don't know. Dave, comment. You've never been to the Art Institute. I've never You've been. never been? I've it's walked free past for you. I've walked Thursday nights is free. Times. We have to. That's a great social bit. Herb we'll goes take to, her. Herb goes to the Art Institute for the first time. And you know what? Today was Ferris first. Bueller yeah. Day. We could have. We no, should have done it today. Was, was it yesterday? Yeah. Mm. We should have done it yesterday. But yeah, Herb, we'll take you. You guys got a favorite Ferris Bueller character? Favorite, favorite Ferris Bueller character? Yeah, that, we asked that on. Yeah. someone asked that on CH. I think Casey did. There's two of my favorite lines. It's either the mom. With the nine times, and Rooney said nine times. Or, I say this all the time, when somebody asks me a score, they say 0-0, zero, zero, who's winning? The Bears. The Bears. <laughs> so, the, so the bartender? Yeah. <laughs> the Bears. You got a favorite character? Not off, not off. I'd have to go through it. I'd have to go Relax, through it. Relax, man. I always, like, I, always like, I always like a snooty Mater D. That's always uh, exciting. Yeah. Right. Snooty? Yeah. Snotty? <laughs> uh, I, I said the, uh, the secretary. Um, he's a righteous dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think I her name is her. Edie McClure. Yeah, she doesn't have any misses. Uh, Edith. Edith McClure. Uh, <laughs> friends call her Edie. Uh, let's take a break and let you know about Shader Ace, uh, our favorite sunglasses out there. I know uh, Vinny has... Oh, Vinny has them right there. Look at that. Well, bam. He's propped. Uh, take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shader Ace have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shader Ace is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shader Ace offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost or broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shader Ace with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. If you don't love your Shader Ace, sorry, uh, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. They, their team always has your back. And exclusive for our listeners, Shader Ace is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShaderAce.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sh- shades. Try for yourself the shades right at Rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Uh, was recently on the Shader A's website. A lot of new styles oh, yeah. that are very, very cool in stock. So the, definitely uh, check them out. The, the wife just used the uh, the promo code. Oh. She got a whole box of sunglasses. Hell yeah. It, it, a, a literal box of sunglasses <laughs> was delivered the other day. Not like an envelope with one in them. Like it was this big of a box of sunglasses. So she's set for summer. And Let's go. You can be too. Somebody she's taking on the sun. Somebody asked if I've been to the basement in the Alamo. Sean, have you? I don't know. I haven't. What's basement at the? Have you been in the basement of the Alamo, Vinny? There's no basement in the Alamo. Thank you, thank you, Sean. That's from Pee Wee, right? Ridiculous. Isn't that from Pee Wee? Yeah, Pee Wee's Herman's Big Adventure. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Large Marge. 
<laughs> so sorry. God, what's wrong with you? Uh, I my dad used to show me Pee Wee. Uh, the show or yeah, the movie? I don't know. The show is the show is the show is wild. Yeah, the show is wild. Yeah, tequila. Um, hit it out of the park with uh, this baseball season with DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, new customers can place a five dollar bet and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take a shot uh, at bigger payouts with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code CHGO. I know our guy Cody is sweating out a same game parlay, a uh, hit parlay uh, that we give out on CHGO bets daily um, every day of the week except tomorrow. So don't tune in. Uh, tune in on Thursday though at eleven a.m. What was and the bet? Oh, I don't know. He had, oh, he had three Cubs, and the game's currently on, so I don't really think you could bet it right now. Uh, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code CHGO only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem call 100Gambler in Massachusetts. Call 100-327-505 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible eight, uh, states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Opt-in and 10-plus leg requirements for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com, draftkings.slash, wait, sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Um, all right. Uh, I'm excited for Sean's uh, second career as an auctioneer. <laughs> I So... I you did, that was amazing. Micro machines. <laughs> I feel like I could do it cleaner. Um, my my one beef is I did a really clean and perfect read in front of Jake, and he was like, "Oh, we're gonna record it and have a disclaimer." And, but yet, I, since I've done, I've done like three reads where I've had to do the disclaimer again live. So I'd like to. Di- oh, it's I'd in the like works. To record a disclaimer, it's in the works. Please. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, <laughs> I'm running out of breath. All right. Um, let's go into... Uh, Protoss, what do you want us to say? No, uh, I, I have breath. <laughs> He's Don't back. Um, so Joe Kelly comes in yeah. and gives up the first hit uh, for the White Sox. Uh, also gives up the first run in just a weird fashion. Uh, a high fly ball hit in between Benintendi and Robert in left center. If you're familiar with Yankee Stadium, kind of in the middle of their left field bullpen. Uh, I think where the away team warms up and it looked like Benintendi probably had a better line to the ball, but he saw that Luis was running at the ball as fast as he could, which is exactly what Luis saw. Yeah. And Luis (laughs) Andrew running at the ball. And And Luis is six, three, two twenty, and runs much faster than Andrew Benintendi. So I get why Benintendi kind of pulls off, but then it seems like Robert where he ends up finishing is literally like right where the ball drops. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like bad communication. Someone's got to a- call. Someone's got to call that. Granted, I think for both guys, it's a long, long run to make that play. But I think both guys would have made it there. Yes. Yes. Certainly, certainly, Luis is the one with the jaw-dropping range. But I do think Benintendi was running well enough to make that catch. If Luis wasn't running right at him, same thing for Luis. If Andrew wasn't running running right at him, I'm gonna go ahead and guess that at the end of the day, it's probably not as ugly as a lot of people thought it looked. Obviously, it's the first one of the game. It ends the combined no-hitter. So there's a lot of uh, uproar over it, let's say. But these are two guys running full speed at each other. They did not want to cause something worse than letting a hit drop in. Uh, and by that, I mean an injury to either one of yes. them. That being said, someone's got to call Someone's got to call the other guy off. And uh, I guess that's Luis's job. Mm-hmm. Would have been an amazing play if he made it. Would have been an amazing play if Andrew made it. But at the end of the day, someone's got to say something. We saw Luis have some trouble 
calling for balls in the outfield earlier this season when it came to him and Aloy getting together in right in, in right center field and, and on one of those plays just plain old right field. So maybe that's something that he still needs to work on, or maybe it's a one-play goof. But um, it would have been an amazing play had either guy completed it. The fact that neither of them did makes it look pretty bad. Initially, I saw it, and I was like, oh, man, Robert pulled up a little bit because, yeah, as we guys discussed, like he might have – thought that Andrew was running full speed and he didn't want to collide into him. But he pulled up and I thought he could, if he was going in the same pace and trajectory that he was initially, he would have caught that ball pretty easily, but even though he caught covered a ton of ground. But then somebody brought it up, you know, the air quality not being great. I don't know if his vision was blurred by all the smoke and all the, you know, smog that's in the in the air. So I don't know if he could actually see the ball correctly when it did descend from the ground or from the air. So I got to give him, you know, some leniency there, but also it's his ball. He's the captain of the outfield. He's got to call Benintendi off and say, I got these, do it early. I know he's going full speed. So, you know, speaking is not, you know, paramount right there. The running is the paramount thing, but it's his ball. He has to call it off. No harm, no foul eventually. But yeah, I'm sure that Lucas and, Joe Kelly would have loved for him to go and get that ball and to have a combined no-hitter chance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the double two, 27-degree uh, launch angle um, and expecting batting average of uh, 200. So, like, wasn't a, an extremely difficult play, but... Well, they, well, hit it, they hit it where they weren't, you know? No, but yeah. I, I was going to bring up Herb's point about the air quality. Like, I, I do think that a ball hit straight up in the air is probably a little bit more difficult to play. I mean, we didn't talk about that yet, but... I mean, we, we learned today uh, zero to 50 is good air quality and the air quality uh, due to the Canadian uh, uh, wildfires uh, north of the border is just making air quality in Ohio tough, Indi- uh, Indianapolis tough, New York tough, a little bit Look in out Chicago the window. here as well. Mm-hmm. There's an air uh, quality uh, or in air quality index of uh, 91. Warning. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that could possibly make it dif- difficult to see that ball. I mean, just making that huge run, tracking it. Tracking a fly ball for me is tough. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I'll, I'll give them leniency there. They won the game. Um, but, yeah, just, again, more communications, and I do wonder how much the Aloy's incidents might have played into at least Benintendi's head or well, Robert's head as well. I mean, When, just, you, you, when know, you grow up by the steel mills your whole life, oh, you yeah. get used to the bad air quality. <laughs> <laughs> brick by brick over by the steel mills. Thank you, Brad. See, See if, Luis Robert, if Luis Robert Jr. was from the region – he would have he would have had that one uh, right in the. Were club. you from Gary? That's true. Rat That's true. A couple towns over, oh, Crown okay. Point, proud right. of Crown Point. Did Indiana. you know a La Pantera in the region? Yeah, no, I no, he didn't. <laughs> but he's welcome there. If you'd like. yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't know if he called a kid in your neighborhood La Pantera. That'd be no, pretty sweet. <laughs> anyways, um, got distracted by La Pantera. Um, anyways, I, I not a bad way to for the for the the no hitter to break up. Um, Sebi did. They'll call a great game. Um, we'll get to Liam Hendricks in a bit, but I want to get to the crazy home runs from Sebi Zavala. The first one was a Yankee uh, Stadium special mm-hmm. uh, right down the right field line, opposite field shot. Wouldn't have been a homer in any other park. And then the other one would have been a homer in every single ballpark and even the cornfield and the the Mexican uh, the Mexico City uh, uh, Stadium as well. Uh, we mentioned on pregame. Uh, here are the home run metrics. Uh, 95 uh, point four mile per hour uh, homer in the what third inning, 
Yep. Uh, 41 degree launch angle, 320 hit dis- distance, uh, eight expecting batting average of .020, <laughs> and a home run. Mickey Mouse ballpark. In one of 30. And then the other one, 109.8, 31 degree launch angle, 43, uh, 435 uh, feet, and it was a homer in 30 of 30. Um, a moonshot for one and just a little league Mickey Mouse in the other. Uh, you got to like for Sebi. You, gotta, you gotta like an expected batting average of a thousand. Right. Yes. That's that's always working again, uh, working in your favor. There. Truly extreme opposites. I mean, yeah. Point zero two zero and thousand. Yeah. That second <laughs> one was absolutely destroyed. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely destroyed. And I mean, you can laugh and all you dropped it. You can laugh mm-hmm. all you want at the first one. Uh, he's playing. Hey, he's playing in the in the ballpark they put him in that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, that second one was just smoked. And it what it it you're gonna bring up the stats in a minute. As soon as he hit that second one, I'm like, oh boy, Zabby's gonna have another three homer game. <laughs> this is he taking tried. me back. This is taking me back to what was that? Nineteen. Oh no, was it pretty long ago? But I think it was twenty one. Was it twenty one? Yeah, 21. I don't think he. I don't think he had Homer in twenty in in, uh, in nineteen. He had. Uh, yeah, it was. I thought it was pre pandemic for whatever reason, Maybe. but no, I don't know. Let me look. I mean, do you have any Sebi thoughts while I look this up? I mean, I. It's very odd to hit the unicorn that he hit in the third inning, and then hit the thirty of thirty in the fifth. Like I don't know, you know, Chris Kamika didn't look it up, and I don't have the technology or the wherewithal to look it up. But that's got to be one of the rarest things to hit. Firstly, two home runs in a game, and then those two home runs being that diametrically opposed to each other. It's like, yeah, that he had no doubt in that second one. And as you said, that bat drop, he'd been looking at yes, that bat drop was smooth as fuck. I love <laughs> it. And he's put his head down like Stephen likes and ran to first and ran around the bases. Stephen's like yes. Quality running that that trots nice in that uh, twelve to eleven loss to Cleveland in uh, on July thirty first twenty twenty one he hit three homers and drove in six runs. Um, so uh, Stephen, you brought up the Yankee thing. Uh, it's only three of his career home runs uh, versus the Yankees, but now with another multi home run, five of his eleven career home runs have come in two games. So. Basically, 50% of his home runs have come in two games, and that's why we were talking earlier. Um, while it's going to bring him near his career numbers with this, still underperforming a 16 OPS plus. Like, thankfully he got on the board here. Hey, I mean, he deserved a break after what he was dealing, but uh, none of this is going to drive up the Babbitt that I was talking about. <laughs> I guarantee those, those aren't balls in play. I guarantee you <laughs> Sports Talk Radio in New York is like, this Sebi Savala. He's the best. Like, the corn game they remembers. Like, that yeah. guy started off the ninth inning, and that's why they won the game after Tim hit, Tim hit that home run, after he got on base. And then he hits these two home runs versus our guy and win the game for the White Sox. I guarantee it's going to be like the Ryan Rayburn stories we tell. It's going to be Sebi Savala in New York. It's like, who the is this Sebi Savala guy, and why is he hitting <laughs> tanks off our guys? And not only that, I mean, you got to look to the thing that he has done all year which has handled this pitching staff really well and particularly catch Lucas Giolito really well. They are in sync. There's no doubt about that. Gio's ERA, I'm sure, is under four now for the season um, after today. And, I mean, he didn't give up any hits in, 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 right. in six innings. The whole team only gave up three hits on the whole game. Uh, Sebi deserves credit for that, and, and he deserves credit for what he's been doing as a catcher this season. Yes, there's more to that job than just that, we know. But he is—he has done a very good job of that, and it was all on display tonight. Um, so, to go to the Ryan Rayburn uh, stories of, of Sebi Zavala, Sebi Zavala in his career has how many hits against the Yankees? 
Five. No. Ten. No. Three. Three. How all. many have been home runs? All, all of them. Three. <laughs> <laughs> he's gotten on base no times because he's just taking a trip around. <laughs> he's it. cruising, baby. <laughs> um, also, I don't think I gave proper shout-outs to Dave and uh, Husky for the Super Chats. Thank you, guys. Uh, and uh, Greg, give him a goose honk, all right? Uh, Steven, sh- uh, you're getting, show him the rope. Oh, he already show got it. Oh, Greg, is, right Greg is out there. Hey, let's go. Greg is already uh, here. We're, we're That's the t- first thing you learn in CHGO producer school. All right, Steven. To, you're you're not lying. That was the first button I pressed today <laughs> producing was the honk. I got to get the honk. Uh, all right, Steven. All right. Uh, you, the door's there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Greg's got it. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to do the Cubs, too. Ugh. Greg, can you find the... Sorry, uh, you got to be here until like a thousand nights tonight. Sorry, man. Greg, can you find the ComEd uh, banner? Because uh, Vinny and Herb have to go to ComEd Theater uh, and talk about this. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk about Liam Hendricks recording his first save uh, after uh, battling chemo. Uh, we talked about him getting the win on Sunday. Well, hey, you know, next game he's getting the save. So Liam is back. Uh, and uh, we'll also dive into some uh, stats because uh, our guy Steven Nicholas talked about Andrew Benatendi on the pregame and uh, didn't come true. Mm. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses and businesses in communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Vinny. Herb, you're right. I am. ComEd <laughs> offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector public sector customers of all sizes across our beloved territory. I don't know if that ends or or continues past Chicagoland. But it goes into Northwest Indiana, probably. It's kind of Chicago land. Oh, it's yes. kind of its own thing going the on region. there. But yeah, but it is the region. That's where Luis Robert Jr. is from. Uh, <laughs> but helping manage energy, they help uh, manage energy usage and lower energy bills, both now and far into the future. That's good. How, pre-tell, pre-tell, yeah. does it work? Well, Vinny? I'll tell you this. Oh, I I've screwed this up, haven't I? No, you haven't. Well, I did, but that's okay. You're doing a great job. You're doing I'll great tell you this, you. that ComEd uh, offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like those for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. And before you ask me how it works, Herb, I'm going to tell you. Oh. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Just like Eddie O might still say, we don't watch the Kraken. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you, Herb, own a business, don't wait. I won't. Now, behind the scenes we go. It's highlighted in yellow right here. CTA, Chicago Transit Authority. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy-saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, you out there should go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Comed.com slash poweringbiz is what you said, right, Vinny? Herb, you do not need to clean out your ears. That is what you heard. I did say comed.com slash poweringbiz. So go and schedule it today. You guys are Well, sometimes I do need to clean out my ears. Acting! Go wax buildup. Um, what are you drinking, Herb? This is a delicious full pocket pills from our friends at Goose Island. Honk, honk. Um, Boom. Good job, Brax. Uh, the full pocket pills is their everyday beer. It's what the brewers are drinking. Uh, my everyday beer. It's what the Milwaukee brewers are drinking? It's what the well, probably. The brewers are drinking. <laughs> no, no shit. Christian Yellow's like, mm, delicious. <laughs> uh, Rowdy Tez is just crushing those. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, Freddie Peralta cooling off yeah. after today's start against the Orioles with a nice 3-1-2 wheat ale. Uh, maybe he's chilling with a tropical beer hug. That's a dry hopped Imperial IPA. 9.9% uh, alcohol, but it's dangerously easy to drink. Mm -hmm. and they also have the Goose IPA, which is a six-time medal award winner at the Great American Beer Fest. They've been Chicago's beer since 1988, and they've been our beer for over... For a while. For a while. Yeah. I don't know the exact date, so I won't throw out dates. Um, I, I think over seven, six months now at this point. Uh, they've been fantastic, and we are supported by Goose Island Beer Company. You can see the lovely uh, neon sign behind us if you are watching the live video. And if you behind are, Vinny's head. Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, but you can grab an ultra-fresh brewery exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clyborne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Town, or, or, no, in Fulton Street in West Town. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. Also want to let you know about game time. Uh, that is the way that you're going to keep the stress out of your life when you are looking to buy tickets. It's the fastest and easiest way to get into all the sports, comedies, music, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. Again, you won't stress over getting the best seat for the best price because if you find tickets in the same section or in row uh, for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference and the best part best part too is you get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive you'll get the seats you want for the price you want so snag the tickets without the stress of game time download the game time app create an account and use code chgo for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code chgo for twenty dollars off download the game time app today and uh oh, download i got way too excited download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed um thank you game time uh and also uh Shout out to Greg Braggs. Uh, hit that thumbs up button for Braggs. We are building uh, a first place AL Central division winner brick by brick. Did I do that right, Braggs? Yes, you did. Okay. I'm the good luck charm for you guys. You are the great luck charm. All for it us, took Braggs. was a, a Cubs fan producing your show. There you go. I don't want to upset again, the chat. The I don't want right to alienate our, our chat. He's got to be here for the Cubs post game. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. sorry. Sorry we keep trying to we kick did, you out, Steven. We're firing Steven. Um, we're not firing Liam Hendricks, uh, giving us a thumbs up <laughs> down there. Um, and he gets the save, uh, tonight. First save since returning from leukemia. Uh, I feel like we're, we've lymphoma. Oh, lymphoma. I'm sorry. I thought it was not Hopkins. You're fine. Um, it's fine. Uh, lymphoma. Just want to make sure the folks know what's Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, was first thought to be stage four, right? Was what he said. That yeah. was the diagnosis. Yeah. Insane. Um, so, obviously, he's making his comeback. Um, we just saw his first win uh, since his return, and now we just see his first save. In consecutive games. Yeah, and, and we talked about it on the pregame show. We talked about it on the off-day show. I don't think we should be too surprised that this scenario popped up, no? I mean, he's obviously back to the ninth inning. He's pitched in two ninth innings in a row. Obviously, it was in a tie game on Sunday. But tonight, save situation. And, yeah. Didn't uh, go quite as perfectly as anyone uh, wearing a White Sox uniform would have hoped, but he did get the job done. Three straight outs after Josh Donaldson hit his first pitch out for a home run uh, to make it just a one-run game. But unless we hear any different from Liam that, oh, man, I, I didn't th feel the way that I thought I was going to feel during that. I mean, listen, he gave up home runs before he had cancer. This yeah. is uh, nothing, uh, you know, this is, is, is not necessarily related to his comeback. In uh, the stadium, too. <laughs> Specifically, right. So I'm just. So my point being, sorry to make, make that sound. I know. Bad, I know why I you're laughing. I know. That, <laughs> my point being that 
just because you saw him give up a home run tonight and just because he saw himself give up a home run tonight doesn't necessarily mean he is not ready to return to full-time closing duty. If he says that he doesn't feel ready, then that's a different story. But um, it would seem to me that Pedro Grafol as his ninth-inning pitcher uh, that, that he's been waiting for, obviously, uh, to use for the, his first time as, as Sox manager. No, I'm sorry. I started thinking about that Bruce Levine clip where he was like, unfortunately, he was a cancer <laughs> for survivor. Yeah, the John Lester. Yeah, you know, misspoke. It's just like the worst thing. And they use it all the time in the score. It's great times. Uh, yeah, but amazing story just continues to write, like, better stories on top of, on top of each other. And it's like, where is a better, bigger stage to get your first save of the season then versus the Yankees like that's the biggest stage in baseball so yeah it's uh, amazing what he's doing um yeah you're gonna give up home runs and I would wish he would give up a home run to somebody else than that jerk but you know sometimes you gotta give up home runs to jerks he's he's the reason why he's in the league still but uh yeah he's he looked good still like and you saw him get pissed like regular Liam does so he looks like nothing's changed at all it's still God damn it, motherfucker. Let's go. <laughs> and if you, if you look at the pitch, too, like... It's, it's an inside fastball. Right? It's inside, too. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not even a strike. Like, yeah. it's probably a ball if Donaldson takes it. So, like, he kind of hit a pretty tough pitch to hit and hit it out, out of the park. Like, But I mean, he was looking for him. He was, he was cheating. He true. was looking for it, got it, and he crushed it. Still and Liam, to after things like, like that. I Liam's mean, like, that was on me. That yeah. was on me. I know I, know I said I, I will never give credit to Josh Donaldson, but, I, I mean, it's, sometimes just hitters do what they're paid to do. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not really uh, miffed at Liam for giving that up. And, again, I mean, he got three straight ground outs then to Tim Anderson to end the game. Like, he was extremely effective tonight. I don't know if he was perfect, um, but did his job. I mean, he faced four batters and retired three of the four. I mean, that's 75%, right? My math is correct. I am the math guy. Yeah, you should know. Um, of course, Liam uh, and Donaldson used to be teammates in Toronto uh, after each of the two uh, – Incidents involving the White Sox and Josh Donaldson uh, the last few years. Uh, Liam has spoken out about how much he did not enjoy being teammates uh, with Josh Donaldson in Toronto. So um, add this to the Josh Donaldson White Sox story uh, today. I thought that was interesting uh, what you brought up just about how, you know, he's brought up so many things about, you know, hey, I talked to Lucas Giolito in the parking lot and, uh, you know, it's an inside joke between Tim and I. And Lucas was like, no, he didn't. And Tim was like, no, it isn't. Um, yeah, I, I don't know about that guy. He's a, he's a character. That's for, that's for sure. No, that's a, not that's a good one. I that's say, one that's way a, to put it. I must <laughs> say, that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> what did they, what did just, uh, not Justin, uh, Jason refer to uh, the Tim Anderson and Josh Donaldson uh, thing? A dust up. A dust up, yeah. yeah. Yes. Not not the word I would have used, no, but that's no, no, okay. No, no, no. Um, yeah, there was definitely some tension there. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, Liam, though, I don't know if he'd be in that situation tomorrow, though. I think that's probably the one interesting wrinkle is if the White Sox are in another position to win, um, maybe we do see Kendall Graveman, who I think was used in a bigger moment in the eighth today against the top of the lineup uh, uh, against, uh, what, Torres, Torres Rizzo, and Stanton. Yeah, yeah. Stanton, Rizzo. Yeah. Um, but still, Liam got the final outs. And as we talked about, like, you know, he knew that that's his job. As mm -hmm. he said, like, that's mine. I know I got to earn it. We feel like, you know, he's, he's put himself into a pretty good spot to earn that. But um, Kendall did probably get the bigger spot. And even with Liam, you know, this is now three straight games he's pitched in. I, I would be pretty surprised to see him tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the off day makes a difference, obviously. But um, I, I think the one thing you look at there, too, I think you're thinking of – the way 
Graven was used tonight as the 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 pre Hendricks return way that Pedro was going to manage this bullpen. I think Liam Hendricks is he does not apply to that line of thinking of we're going to use our best pitcher in the best moment. The thing that he does really, really, really well, better than almost anybody in baseball, is go out and close the door in the ninth inning. And I think you're going to see him used in the ninth inning with varying exceptions, I'm sure, but for the most part for the remainder of the season. But you're right. Kendall Graveman pitched in perhaps a bigger moment, and that's good that mm-hmm. Pedro Grafol has that versatility uh, at his hands, he's got a guy who might be a closer caliber pitcher that he can deploy and still save his closer, his all-star closer, for the for the ninth, for the save situation. So uh, I think that only helps the White Sox bullpen, which has been absolutely terrific since the start of May. Yeah, and he can probably look at that as, I have three people who have can close and have closed. Kendall this year has closed games, and so you know he can use them in the eighth inning and feel confident that, that's a he can feel that these are closer innings and this eighth inning is the ninth inning to me and I'm getting these outs and then bring his real closer in in the ninth inning Liam but we've saw Joe Kelly do work and today he even did work even though he walked a guy and then gave up that blue pit uh, later on but I, if he brings in somebody tomorrow like Keenan Middleton I have utmost confidence in him. Same thing with Groot Santos. Utmost confidence. So what about Reynaldo Lopez? Not really, but he's been nine better. Two thirds innings of he's no been, no earned runs allowed with three better. hits in his past nine games. If we bring him in the ninth inning, I'm not going to be confident because okay. his ninth innings this year, no Gouda. It's been better. No Gouda. But I have more confidence in the role that he probably will be in tomorrow if he comes into the game, sixth, seventh, eighth inning. Yeah, I have more confidence in him than him being the closer like he was at the beginning of the year. So White Sox have a great luxury that not many teams have where a bullpen's clicking on all cylinders for a good long time for since the start of May, and they've been continuing on. I know they gave up two runs today, but I don't count that first run as an actual run because it should have been caught. Right. I mean, it was a – I mean, again, difficult play, but one that was makeable by, you think, two players. Um, any final thoughts on this game? It's good to get a win. Like we said before, the White Sox don't have many. 27 now out of their games they played. So winning ugly, if you want to say, winning with one guy providing all the offense and Lucas having to shut down the other team. That's a rare thing you're going to have, but the White Sox have done that time and time again with their starting pitchers. So, you know, if their offense is going to be just sputtering the rest of the year, I think you can have confidence that you know starter pitching, maybe, you know, for for the most part, will be solid and the bullpen is locked down. So you don't need to score seven, eight runs. You just need to score four or five runs because you know this pitching staff is going to keep you in it. So it's a good victory. Hey. And our guy, Ali, saying uh, that's four in a row. And he said that they're sw- sweeping the big, bad, scary Yankees. So we'll see if Ellie's right. And, and he's just in Chicago. So maybe maybe we can track, uh, since Ellie's been in Chicago, the White Sox record. Because it's probably been pretty good. Um, this was 62 tonight, by the way. This was game 62. We're past one, the COVID one, mark. 100 left. Oh, boy. Mm. What's the White Sox record in the next 100 games? 50 and 50. <laughs> it probably wins the Central. I don't know about that. It's still be eight under. Be 50. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be good. Should they be selling if they're eight under? I mean, you're, you're saying that they but should I guess keep everybody, the, but they're also going to be five hundred. But I guess here's the here's the point. I guess is what what you're saying is they probably only need to be what probably only need to be about ten over. Probably only need to go about sixty or you know 
to go 55, 55 and 45, and they might win the division. I guess it's done. <laughs> Eight, two games Eight, over. 82 and 80. Um, also, hey, I think Brett is right. I think they said five straight wins, and we, we get socks to post. Why wouldn't it be eight straight wins? That makes That's sense. That's what I said, but also we <laughs> I don't think we have eight hands. We don't have eight socks. Two, four, have, six, Steven. We have six. Eight. We have six socks. Steven would come around. Steven, bring, bring two pairs of tube socks tomorrow. No. <laughs> what? Oh. Do no, we, don't we already have to socks to put here? We have six. Oh, why'd you see? That's why we only did five <laughs> wins because we only have six arms. Let's get his arms uh, taken off. I never said my bits made sense. <laughs> um, final thing, it's and more Steve, like a spider. Steve, uh, Stephen Gottritz, right? Uh, make sure to hit that like button. We love you. Um, 89 and 73. Shave it out. We love you. Oh, mercy. Uh, they go 89 me, man, and 73. I'm house. I'll, I'll, I'll buy an octopus. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, and throw one on the ice. Only thing I wanted to bring up was our guy, Stephen Nicholas. Hi, buddy. How are you? You seem really dismayed that I'm bringing up your name. Uh, you said that Andrew Benatendi was going to hit a home run today. He's back in the boogie down Bronx. He's gonna, what, is it the air quality that kept him from hitting a home run? What's going I, on? I mean, he was going to hit it on that one that he got hit by a pitch, but they didn't let him. Oh. Just, you know, that fear factor. I just think it's pretty messed up. You guys have been trying to kick me out of this studio the whole show, <laughs> and now all of a sudden you want to insult me. It's, oh, Steven, come back on camera over here. Yeah, uh, I, the microphone. I, I do want to insult you. Uh, thank you for staying on camera. You brought up Nick Madrigal, and I forgot. I was on, I was on watch. I was on watch, Okay. You brought up them trading Nick Madrigal and him uh, being injured at the trade. And I was like, oh, he also played in 2021 or uh, 2020, uh, making 2021 his second year. And I was like, oh, wait, he had his first home run with the White Sox in his second year. His 245th plate appearance. Uh-oh, here we go. This is Andrew Benatendi's 235th plate appearance with the White Sox. Ten away from him not surpassing the Nick Madrigal mark. You've already you've already <laughs> surpassed the amount of time that you're supposed to talk about Andrew Benintendi unprompted. I'm done. I'm done. All right. That was like 20, 20 seconds oh, of Andrew and Benintendi talk. Stink. All right. Anyways, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Lance Lynn on the bump. Randy Vasquez. Who? Randy Vasquez. Ugh, you need to get your ears cleaned up. I guess like it's just maybe maybe Vinny's side is this clear. One, yeah. But you, Randy Vasquez. My Randy my Vasquez. One. That sounds like an MVP 2005 creative player. That sounds <laughs> like that sounds like seven shutout innings tomorrow. Uh, Randy Vasquez. Uh, he uh, made his major league debut uh, back on. Um, I don't know why I can't Soon, figure out recently. that uh, May 26th. There you go. It was said 526. I had no idea what the fifth month was. Uh, May 26th, uh, it was a 5-1 to one loss versus the Padres. Four and two-thirds, four hits, two earned runs, one homer, given up to Juan Soto. Pretty good player right there. Uh, six strikeouts, three walks, uh, but ten fly balls. So ten fly balls in Yankee Stadium. Uh, that might be difficult. More importantly, does he throw from the right or left side? He is a six-foot, 165-pound right-hander from the Dominican Republic. Mm. 165 is pretty small. That's diminutive. Yes. No? A diminutive Dominican. A diminutive Dominican. There you go. We will see a diminutive Dominican. And a, uh, where is Lance from? A large Indiana. Indianan. Okay, that doesn't roll off the tongue. Large lumberjack. A large Laker? Yeah, he's from around Indy. Mm. Mm. Okay. You have to come up with something for tomorrow. Yeah, we'll figure it out. No pregame, but we'll join you postgame. There's more Hopefully than corn in after Indiana. After the White Sox fifth win. Did you know that? What's that? There's more than corn in, than Indiana. There's more corn? There's more than corn in Indiana. There is? Yeah. Greg Braggs is there, too. Oh, there you go. Hey, brick by brick. Um, there's bricks and corn. No, do you know that's the I don't know Indiana Beach? Indiana Beach? Indiana they be- Beach. The beach is there? Oh, my God. <laughs> 
sorry. Sean, the lake is right there. Lake Monticello. I'm just kidding. And Lake Schaefer. Or Monticello in Indiana. Lake Schaefer. What not the going fuck? to Indiana for their beaches. Oh, I'm not going to Indiana, period. Big crow. The armpit of America. Sorry, Greg. Wow. Wow. What? That's Why rude. Like that? That's it, rude. It, it is positioned in a place where it is kind of like the armpit. If you look at it, All right. it's the only place on the map of America. First off, it's Monticello, like Indiana. <laughs> Second off, you guys were saying the region is... Somewhere near, it, we are in the Chicagoland metropolitan area. That okay. is true. So more than they, they, put even some have respect. The, they even have the time zone. Put they had to carve res- out part of the eastern time yes, zone to we, put it in the same time zone. So what you're saying, Greg, is that where the Bears should really be building is the region and not Naperville. No. You got that right. Ain't Taxes no are way lower Amen. on our side of the streets. No. Let's Indiana go. Bears. Just Let's imagine go. how good that eye would look on the side of the house. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, Illinois or Indiana? We'll never know. Team, They'd have to move them to Crown state. Point so they could keep the C. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox uh, postgame show. We will be back tomorrow. We have been slandering both Iowa and Indiana today. I'm t- tomorrow's Wisconsin and Missouri. Illinois deserves it. Or uh, Indiana deserves it. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. They're fine. Um, Iowa. I have a lot more family in Iowa, so I, I have no mind slandering Indiana. The only person I know from Indiana is literally Greg Brex Jr. Okay. And Luke. Is Luke from Indiana? Well, he went to Valpo. He went to Valpo. Yeah. Are you, fr- did, are you from Missouri? Absolutely you- not. Okay, so they were glad we cleared that up. You might want to check, though. He might be. I don't know. If- Luke! Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Luke, are you from Indiana? No, he's not. No. Oh, there you go. I don't know anybody. Heights. I don't know anybody from Indiana. Oh. I love everybody from Indiana because I know we got people watching from Indiana. But anyways, uh, and we have uh, somebody. Larry Bird. Us from, All right. John Mellencamp. Axel Rose. All Keep it going, Braggs. All of those people are mid. <laughs> I could go all night. The Jackson family. <laughs> Tito Jackson. One of those guys. Jermaine great. Jackson. Orville Redenbach. Marlon Jackson. Oh, Janet's great. I don't want to diss Janet. Janet and Michael are pretty, pretty good. Pretty talented. All right, anyways, uh, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. You can follow Herb on Twitter at Eknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow for our post game after the White Sox win five straight games, and we'll be doing the Sox to push live because you want us to. Goodbye. <laughs>